0: Welcome back to Crossfade, the dueling album review show about expanding your musical horizons. Once again, I'm your host, Matt Helgeson. It's been a while. Very, very happy to be reunited with Jason Dabnis. What's up, Jason? Come on, man. Oh
1: Oh, shit! You know what it is? (laughs) Gangsta
2: boogie. Gangsta boogie.
1: Thanks, Matt. So wonderful to be back here behind yeah. the ones and twos we, at Crossfade. In,
0: <laughs> in full disclosure, we should say the true Crossfade reunion came like the day before Christmas Eve at Target. On, <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. The Lake
0: Street. Shout out to the Lake Street, Target, Minneapolis, Southside. Um, yeah. So we, we, we did run into each other there, but that was just a, just a, a uh, accident, appetizer. Yeah. yeah. Just an appetizer for the the main course of uh, talking about music. Yeah. Um, so, we haven't done one in a while. This is, uh, should be a lot of fun. Uh, we're glad to be back. Um, and Jason, why don't you explain uh, why we are here and uh, who our uh, listeners should thank? Because it's for pretty, sure. Uh, it's really been a cool thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, thank you so much to everybody who listens to the podcast, who has in the past, who's you know, supported the MinMax community. Uh, one of the big drives every year for charity uh, that Ben puts on is Give to the Max Day. Uh, I want to make sure that I'm pulling up correctly the credits we have to, uh, owed here. Uh, Because a member of the Mimax community uh, gave so charitably from the bottom of their heart to make this episode happen, actually. Select an album that uh, that Matt and I would cover for an episode of this podcast, sort of resurrecting it uh, with cash dollars toward a charity of Ben's choice. Um, So I want to particularly thank uh, the reason this episode exists is Chris Fader, a.k.a. Crater, in the community who's actually left us a quick message. I'd hoped to get something from Chris uh, discussing why they picked this record, why they wanted us to talk about it. Um, I guess, Matt, you'll properly introduce it, but uh, I would like the chance to sort of share thoughts from Chris whenever you're oh, cool with that. Oh, absolutely.
0: Definitely. And, 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 you know, big thanks to Chris and like, mm-hmm. just in general, watching um, all the stuff Ben and everyone does with min max and, and raising money for charity. I've just always been uh, just blown away really by oh, yeah. the, the, the just (laughs) charitability of the audience and and the amount of giving that goes on is like it it almost kind of boggles my mind honestly so i just you know it's just always been super impressive to me and this has been cool the crossfit element of it but they do so much more you don't want to give to the max and throughout the year so it's Mm -hmm. um i don't know it's just always really impressed the hell out of me
1: me too me too um i think of ben's face and i'm like nah that guy doesn't, he doesn't have a, he doesn't have like leadership chops. And then he actually is able to put together, organize some great, uh, some really like uh, kind hearted folks, people who really open their, their hearts and their wallets when the time comes near. So, uh, we, again, really, it would big, it thanks it be a
0: crossfade without like a little s- subtle without some, back. without
1: some weird shots. Yeah. yeah got yeah, to, to see if
0: you guys need to like get in a room and work <laughs> things out.
1: <laughs> uh, well, we'll do that later on another episode of crossfade. Uh, but for right now, I do want to share some thoughts from Chris. Uh, he says, Hey guys. I'm very excited for the fabled return of one of my favorite podcasts, Crossfade. That is not my editorialization, Matt. That is earnestly and honestly what Chris told us, one of their favorite podcasts. Uh, and also, of course, happy to that we were able to do it uh, while helping local foster kids here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, the band I chose, Obliviscaris, is a band that I had never heard of until I saw them as an opener for a concert at the Skyway Theater in 2018, where they opened for Winter Sun. I don't know, Matt. Have you ever been to the Skyway?
0: I have. It's a What are your vibe. memories
1: of it? Yeah.
0: Um it's kind of like uh <laughs> so the skyway used to be years ago the skyway theater which was kind of like an old like probably built in the 80s or something like multiplex mm-hmm. you know and so when i was there my friends uh stunning we were playing their last show opening for oxbow oh nice band oxbow and oh, we've
1: uh, talked about expo on this podcast
0: yeah yeah i've met, I've met eugene he sees a character um wow. but at the time it felt like kind of like a show going on in like an abandoned mall um from the 80s kind of <laughs> and it's also owned by the same people that own the um gentleman's club the spearmint rhino below and so it seemed like a lot of the staff from spearmint rhino kind of like sometimes do double duty at like the bar up at the uh, the Skyway mm-hmm. and it's just weird because you cause you're like ride an escalator up kind of like an old mall escalator and it seemed kind of like not abandoned exactly but not totally I don't know it was odd and maybe board? it's changed since then but no it's above board I don't know it's just a, it's it's an odd venue they definitely do shows I mean I see people go in there and stuff mm-hmm. um, I've been there maybe a couple times in like forever you know amount of time but yeah it's it's a it's an interesting uh it's an interesting vibe at the Skyway.
1: Yeah, I'll bet. I was supposed to go to a show there for the 10th anniversary, I think, of one of Circa Survive's albums. No idea if this is going to mean anything to you, Matt. Scene Kid Day's stuff. Early, my idea of Prague. But um, Circa Survive was going to play the 10th anniversary of their uh, album, Blue Sky Noise, at the Skyway. But I think it was literally just as COVID was starting to hit. So they rescheduled and rescheduled and rescheduled. Eventually, just sort of like it just disappeared like a fart in the wind. The thing never happened. Uh, but I've never had the opportunity to go to the Skyway Theater. But it sounds like it was a wonderful show. For Chris to have seen neil Vascaris open for Winter Sun, there. Um, yeah, he, I mean the he,
0: sound is good. It's cool, yeah. you know.
1: Like uh, he says that at the show, he had zero expectations going in. I wonder why. I guess maybe you're a fan of Winter Sun. Uh, zero expectations going in. Yeah, it's most spent most of the show with my jaw on the floor in an absolute trance, and immediately went to the merch booth after the show to buy their discography and have been a bit obsessed ever since. I've I've been there, Chris. Just wanted to buy everything at the merch booth. Uh, they are a progressive metal band from Melbourne, Australia, and the b- album that he chose for you uh, and I is Portal of I. It's their album from 2012, despite uh, releasing nine years after the band formed. I guess their, this album came out in 2012. They started being a band in to- 2003. That's wild to me that they'd be nine years between starting and releasing something. But um, one of their fun facts about this record is that Professor, Ma- excuse me, Professor Matthew Hinson of the University of Sydney's uh, Conservatory of Music actually used one of the tracks from this record, one of the more popular tracks and plague the flower, excuse me, and plague flowers, the kaleidoscope in a 2013 course, as an example of quote unquote structure, mixing timbres, meters, modes, and how to approach, approach virtuosity, geez, approach virtuosity, sound (laughs) and noise. I know I'm a little bit, virtuosity of talking, virtuosity (laughs) of talking, Uh, sound and noise, extended performance and techniques. So uh, in, in the, uh, in the Australian's words, himself um there was a professor in uh in sydney who decided to use some of this music to actually teach like music theory and composition which is kind of a big weird music nerds button on it uh specifically what chris loves about this record so much is that it's not typically something that he'd expect to find out about a metal band he says uh nor do i typically expect two singers one clean and one guttural let alone for one of those singers to also be playing the violin i don't know if you watched any of the videos of these this band live but like he swaps between singing and like backing up to play the, the electric violin
0: I did. Now we'll get into that later in a, in a couple parts. But I I did. Um, as you're going to hear, this is like at points insanely technical. Yes, music. And I kind of was, you know, because there's a lot you can do now with you know quanti- quantization and mm-hmm. you know Pro Tools and stuff. And I was like, man, like can these guys like really play this? And so I, I watched like I think it was maybe three three or four songs excerpted from a concert uh, from maybe like five years ago and they were playing some of the, the big numbers of this. And, uh, I was like, wow, they do it. Like they, 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 they do, they really play it. And I, I watched a couple of little interviews with them and they, they seem very wholesome actually for like, <laughs> for, yeah. you know, they don't, they seem like really, uh, like nice, nice Australian folk. guys. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I, only I can see like, uh, the music, you know, as far as technique, I mean, it's just, it's, yeah, I mean, we'll get into it. We will, we will hear, but we will certainly like the, the, uh, the um, the level of, uh, you know, playing and just, you know, technical adeptness or whatever uh, is pretty off the charts. The Very name wow. means uh, forget not, which is an old Scottish clan motto, apparently. I'm <laughs> trying to think. I think the only thing that we ever did on the podcast, you'd have to go all the way back to the second episode with uh, Bianca Reichert. We did Opeth. Mm-hmm. That's probably really the only thing even like, not that they're exactly the same, but even in the same kind of zone of music yeah you know I
1: mean? yeah there's nothing else that's created quite that like dirty vocals thing that we focused on there have been some community shuffles where we've popped up music in the same genre in the same wheelhouse so to speak um but it, it, it is very interesting to dive deep on one of these records when we haven't ever touched anything quite like exactly like it since like you say when was that with bianca that was march 2020 just after the wow. pandemic hit that's yeah. fucking wild Uh, But that's the record that that I was thinking of in the, excuse me, the episode I was thinking of most while listening to this was that Opeth record, because it like, like you say, it's in the same family of sound broadly, uh, some years between releases. But um, yeah, it's a, it was a, it it was a nice, fresh um, genre for us to be cracking here with this uh, return to crossfade. Uh, The last thing that Chris wants us to know. Um, is that uh it was the album meant quite a lot to him, uh as it was in regular rotation during the COVID lockdown. I can imagine if you found this music just a couple of years before twenty twenty and it was still spinning around for you, it probably did come in some comfort uh during the pandemic. Can't wait to share it with others. Hope you enjoy it and thank you. Uh that's from Chris Fader, aka Creator in the community. Thank you so much again to create yeah. Chris. I can't can't express enough. It means a lot that you'd uh, that you'd chip in, that you'd help out and that you'd uh, want to hear this out of it too. Um, sometimes yeah. I don't even want to hear this out of it, uh, but we have a lot of fun <laughs> doing it. And this one yeah. is no exception. Um,
0: yeah. Was, thanks, Chris. And it was just, it's nice to know that, you know, somebody would, you know, donate to like get a, one of our podcasts, you know, it yeah. really, is, it's very nice. And the one, oh, speaking of kind of donations, um, the other thing I, I thought was interesting, I was kind of trying to do a little research on these guys, but um, they, um, I think they first, did like sort of a crowdfunding thing to fund their first like big world tour. I think they'd never really played out outside of Australia and they just weren't really finding apparently like promoters or label support to like really go to Europe and the U S and stuff. So they did that. And then now they actually operate, um, much like min max, patreon.com slash Minmax
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, <laughs> um, plug. Um, they have their own Patreon and I looked and like, it seems like they, Oh wow. You know, they, they, they have six hundred and sixty-six followers, which may be a bit. Huh. Um, but uh it looks like they generate, you know, maybe like I don't know, something like sixty five hundred bucks a month from people, which I always think is kind of cool. That's not bad. I well, mean no, I mean it's a, a touring band, yeah. You know, I think it just probably gives them that little, you know, amount of money to kind of like cover the basics and stuff. But um mm-hmm. I just appreciate that. I mean, I think it's cool when you know, a band like this obviously is, you know this is never going to be like ultra popular. It's just way too dense, you know, for mass consumption. But, you know, I just, no matter what the genre is, I think it's cool when, when people or bands find this little, like a niche audience that, you know, obviously like Chris feels very strongly about this band and, Mm -hmm. you know, people are willing to like kind of help support, you know, artists that definitely aren't going to like, you know, be huge or, yeah. or whatever in terms of numbers. But I think, so I, that was kind of also like a thing I always sort of admire when bands try to find like other ways of like operating in the music business outside of, you know, kind of like begging record companies for money or
1: whatever. For sure. Yeah. That, uh, it makes me think of, I know I've sort of preached the whole annoying white guy, Wolfpack thing on this podcast before, but they did a very similar thing where they are, uh, I think they're completely independent. Um, they, there was one time that they, uh, released a silent album on Spotify before the rules were against that. Um, they generated like some thousands of dollars in revenue streams just by letting it be asking people to like play it all the time and uh, just loop it. Uh, and then they ended up paying people dollar like free shows, a small run of free shows across the country and then paid everybody a dollar on the way out of the show just because they could. They sort of realized the sort of community they had built there. So I love that story, too, of like there's uh, there's some kind of, you know, passion underneath there. Right.
0: So they just had people like autoplay a silent Wolfpack track yeah, forever. It was, it was called oh Sleepify. God. It
1: was like, I think five or six tracks of complete silence, like nothing that could be heard. And this was 2012, 13, something like that before Spotify had algorithms to catch that sure, stuff. Sure. and, sure. Uh, and they eventually Spotify caught wind and said, you put the kibosh on that. Can't do that. But they had already like cashed the checks essentially. Oh, that's <laughs> and it like was that. millions of streams across, you know, a few hundred thousand people who listened to the music. Uh, maybe even less at that time. And it was just, yeah, they've pulled stunts like that all the time. It's, it's great.
0: Well, ripping off Spotify is the Lord's work. So mm, good for mm. them. But I wonder now, even with that algorithm, like, you know, there's a fine line between like, you know, say uh ambient drone and like, mm. you could just like tape down a key on a keyboard mm-hmm. and record it for like a synthesizer and record it for like an hour. You know what I mean? Like what's the, it kind of like, I don't know. I feel like there'd still be ways to get around that. Yeah. Or like just some kind of like, just have a sequencer with like some kind of like slow three
1: note pattern. that just mm-hmm. like going for an hour, you know, anyway. Yeah.
0: Well, we've gotten, we've gotten all over this, uh, before we even yeah. started. Here, so we we didn't probably... know
1: we were itching this bad for, for this kind of conversation, yeah. but we should probably get yeah, to the know. actual music. huh?
0: Yeah. Let's, let's get into it here. Let's, uh, give the people what they want. Um, all right. Well, um, this is portal of I, uh, I kind of feel like should we just go you know track to track you, you know it seems like the album kind of flows, and you know the the first song gives you I think a pretty good idea from the outset of like what what's about and I'm sure jason you have you probably have some like these are just to be clear when like this is a long album it's like an hour and eleven minutes, and like the songs are really mm-hmm. long, so we're probably gonna by just by nature we're gonna have to have some time stamps and kind of like you know uh skip around a
2: little bit,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, well in the very first track, um, it is called tapestry of the starless abstract. My first timestamp comes, uh, in nine minutes and 50 seconds. in. <laughs> so mm. if there's anything we want to hear from before that, you want to yeah, set yeah, the yeah. stage.
0: <laughs> okay. I think I, I think I have what you have, uh, around the time, but, um, well, why don't we like just start off and then, you know, maybe skip to like around two 30. Okay. But just give people it. like a little idea, you know?
1: Sure. Yeah. Quick run. And then we'll skip to two 30. Uh, This is Tapestry of the Starless Abstract off of Portal of Eye by Naobly
0: So here's kind of a classic black metal kind of thing, you know, the kind of tremolo picking and like the drums, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So here's the, here's the kind of the rough, the raw vocalist, I guess. Mm-hmm. Do you, uh, what's your take? Like, on like, this is probably like the closest they ever get on this record to like straight black metal.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: do you, is that like something you've ever been into?
1: No, I'll, I mean, I'm not going to play like Devil's Advocate or anything, but it's definitely music I didn't gravitate to in my youth. Uh, I say as a 30 year old man. Um, and it's music that I don't find myself drawn to that doesn't really come across my algorithms etc today because I'm not really like going and seeking it um it is music that like I definitely see why it exists the, the the sound of you know the guttural the yelling the screaming the sort of like shrieking incorporations I get like I have felt why that like emotional expression exists in a song and it really does to great effect in some of these songs it is not music that I am drawn to usually when I hear it i'm like so there's melody here, too, right? There's there's something coming that will follow up and like give me something more, exactly, like this gentleman in the back singing.
0: Yeah. That's sort of what I I'm waiting for when like I hear the yelling. A sellout to like true black metal, but... Sure. There's one, like I don't know, there's one Dark Throne record, Transylvania Hunger, I kind of dig. Um, but yeah, I'm not as expert at that at all.
2: hmm
0: But, you know, it's funny, because, like... And, and this would be somewhere like you kind of, like, have probably uh, better knowledge of me, but I associate this type of a lineup thing, what they're doing, with kind of like the scream vocalist and the melodic vocalist more with like kind of like screamo or like mm-hmm. post hardcore stuff. Like you know, a lot of this, I feel like there was bands that had like kind of a two singer lineup that divided it like that.
1: Yeah, there were some that did uh, the two singer lineup. There were some that did individuals. that I'm no expert, but like uh, Bring Me the Horizon, I believe had one of each. Um, I want to say Dance Gavin Dance as well. I don't know if any of these are ringing bells for you um
0: oh we actually blabbed so long we got to my thing i think this guitar ooh. work is really cool here i kind of like the like soaring kind of like slow guitar thing over like all the craziness yeah is the this cool use of like effects
1: is this an e-bow is that what they call that where it's just like a vibrating on the string so it doesn't sound like picking so much as it sounds like uh, like a bow <laughs>
0: yeah it could be or there's like sustainer pedals or like Uh, there's yeah but yeah something in that zone i thought that was nice so they do a lot of like kind of interesting melodic guitar work yeah um and then um oh i want to skip to like like a little after 3 30 because this is something that they do a lot which is sort of like this intense thing and then they kind of break into like almost a um european folk
1: kind of thing oh yeah i uh, the main track has a lot of that but let's pop to 330 in the middle of this song
0: yeah i like that guitar stuff that kind of affected the guitar thing they do is cool mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's uh, like, they seem to they really seem to like this kind of like intensity into like a like not quite all acoustic but close thing. Mhm. It was funny. I was um my daughter had to return some clothes she got for Christmas and uh I was playing this in the car, you know, and she mm-hmm. was like I feel like this these guys had like an argument about what kind of band they wanted to be, <laughs> and then they just were like both, <laughs> which I can, you know, because you got the vocal thing, you got the heavy sections, you got the, um, yeah, like these kind of like almost like neoclassical guitar kind of stuff.
1: <laughs> I love that. That's a great description of Prague in general. Yeah. yeah, totally. Um, what was which it?
0: Which I think that's like I think that's a. I mean. I would say, in general, if there's a thing I like best about this band, I, I do like that contrast stuff that they do, mm-hmm. and I do like these kind of melodic sections a lot. Um,
1: yeah, it's. All right. We're still in the middle of the song. If there's anywhere you want to go from here, we're at five. Well, minutes. no,
0: let's go to your. Uh, you, you had I think some at the ending, which I think I might yeah, have Yeah,
1: near the end. Nine fifty. I had marked down that it uh, it sort of sh- starts to shift toward a more like melodic sound that I really enjoyed out of some of these tracks because. The thing that I was pulling from, you know, from the very first track by the time that you're, you know, 11, 12 minutes in, it's really less about, um you know, constant driving energy and like soaring, uh, I mean, obviously soaring musicianship, sure, but less like one contiguous thing and more like these little pools of songs that you pop into and out of, uh, you know, often there'll be a large break where they strip down to, like you just heard where they strip down to something more acoustic, more uh, organic, natural feeling that like Romani sort of sound you're behind, you're on a campfire and somebody's playing a, like a folk tune on the fiddle type thing. Um, and then they will pop back into some like, uh, white whale, Holy grail, sore, like rising tone, crazy melodic, excuse me, crazy wall of, of, of guitars. Um, but those feel like, I don't know if it ever catches you off guard. Cause it's kind of the playing space in which this album exists. Like they, they, that is what the album is for is for like dipping into and out of these things and these tones. Um, and at this point in this song, it does like the thing that I get from it. And because I have a limited Sonic, like vocabulary, the thing that I get from it is like on the poppier end of prog stuff and like metal stuff is obviously like the coheating Cambria type music. That's where I keep like my sonic center for a lot of this is in them because they incorporate some of that like screaming sound. It's a very melodic band, obviously very poppy in in, in shades. This section of this song reminds me a lot of that type of songwriting uh, sensibility. It's just a short bit yeah. for just like thirty seconds, maybe from like nine fifty to ten fifteen. Um, but I'll pop into it so that, and I'll stop talking about it so we can actually hear it. So we set the stage with like the black, the the screaming, the guttural, the the soaring, the payan above. Yeah, right here. Yeah, but yeah. yeah,
0: that is almost kind of like an eighties kind of prog, kind of like yes or like eight like eighties yeah. rush or yes or like
1: that's what I'm thinking,
0: stuff like that. Yeah. I'm sure these guys have a lot of like Genesis records and stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, like early Genesis records. Yeah, for sure. I just really like. By the how... way, we
0: haven't had a podcast for a long time. Speaking of early Genesis, uh, I went to see Peter Gabriel. Ooh! And it was the best put together, most creative like arena rock show I've ever seen in my entire life. Really? Hands down. The staging and just the the creative use of like technology and screens and stuff was just nice. like. And he still sounds great. He sounds like himself. It's, like, amazing on the stage. Yeah. Really, like, I, I was just, like... I mean, I, I don't know... I, I was kinda just kind of went just because, you know, he's getting old and stuff. But I was like, man, mm-hmm. he really sounded just... It was just... You don't see, like, really creative staging, you know? Like, it wasn't just big lights. It was, like, effects and, like, uses of different screens. Mm-hmm. and I don't know. Amazing band. And so it's really cool. That's
1: rad. I've been sort of bemoaning, as I had before, the that I'm sort of missing the chances to see artists like this. Because I know Phil Collins is, he wasn't doing the best in terms of his stage presence and performing ability last time I saw videos of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know uh, Paul, for as much as I love, you know, the man, Paul McCartney is not going to be able to do what he's doing for very much longer. Billy Joel is getting out of the game. Yeah, it just feels like an era <laughs> yeah. that, that you've managed to get the last grasps of.
0: Yeah, no, Peter. Peter sounds great. Still, the new album's good too. I think so. Anyway, nice. But I'm sure these guys have heard it. They almost seem like kind of like it. Almost seems more like alternative rock or like not really even like metal melodies to me.
1: Yeah, and then you pop into the very metal stuff occasionally. I just like how yeah. uh, it keeps you on your toes. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. The next one is Xenoflux, which. I think was like a bullet hell shooter from like 2001.
1: <laughs> oh no, it was actually um, a remade one in 2016. It was a spiritual successor,
0: <laughs> spiritual successor. Yeah. A lo- was it a love letter to bullet hell shooters? <laughs> uh, Flux. I mean, if somebody is, that has to be like an obscure Japanese. If, so, if, if not indie developers out there, you should make a yeah,
1: free idea. Um,
0: <laughs> Xeno. I just love saying Xeno Um, <laughs> I, I actually know. like this right from the start. Cause it's almost like the most kind of like traditional kind of like You know, like 80s Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, kind of like, uh, you know, old school metal thing that they do. And I think it's a a nice riff um, right from the jump here. Yeah, I just, I love this type of shit.
1: You might get a lot, I mean, you you already know more music than I do, but you might get a lot out of the music you don't listen to, like the scene emo, like... The embarrassing kind of mid two thousands emo, because oh, really? a lot of it, a lot of it is like this, where they're like, we're hard, we do the double kick, uh, but also we like this we doo doo we doo type guitars yeah, in, the, and like in the, the top,
0: like the harmony lead kind of stuff. Yeah,
1: I I fell oh, in okay. love with that stuff as a kid, as a teen, uh, and so I think I've heard too much of it to like fairly judge it. But I think you uh, should, yeah, yeah. We should div- dig in. I'll uh, we'll see if I can't send you some recommendations. But yeah,
0: this this kind of like was it. I feel like that little riff section is kind of unique for the in the in terms of the entire record. They don't really mm-hmm. touch on that almost kind of like poppy kind of like
1: eighties uh, metal thing. Exactly. I know this band's whole thing is like flitting between parts and throwing you curveballs you don't expect and pulling out new, you know, instrumentation and, or arrange, and, excuse me, an arrangement here and there. But you gotta imagine, just like, if you give the, the rhythm guitarist two chords to go between the lead guitarist to just shred and the bassist to hold it down, they just gotta be able to jam for like hours on shit, right? Just like, yeah, wiggling and noodling in that no very, doubt. yeah, very pacific kind of way.
0: One thing I was thinking about, actually, I don't know why I thought it during this song, but, um it's too bad like the timing didn't work for this band because i swear to god if they could have gotten a song on like guitar hero or rock band at the Ooh. peak of that like you know that like what that did for like dragon force yeah or some other stuff like uh silver sun pickups i felt like we really boosted out of that thing you know like i don't know they, it seemed like a band that would have been so like uh a great like you know last song you know ultimate challenge kind of thing
1: yeah my my friend Nick would have been holding it over my head that he could play it on Guitar Hero and I couldn't like totally r- rising to that level of notoriety
0: does that get violin or guitar it sometimes it gets hard to tell
1: I'm trying to decide it might be like a good. Uh, can you go can you go
0: 345 of this
1: yeah jumping forward no yeah.
0: coming up here oh yeah i think the violin here is cool
1: yeah it sort of echoes like screamy kind of yeah
0: i mean overall i think um The violin is cool. You know, I mean, it just gives Mm -hmm. them a little bit of a different dynamic. Like, sometimes he reminds me of this guy, um, Jerry Goodman from the band Mahavishnu Orchestra. Um, They were like an early, like, whoa. Um, They were like an early jazz fusion band, but kind of heavy rock kind of Mm -hmm. thing, and um, led by John McLaughlin. But um, there's an album called The Intermounting Flame that is like, I think if you're into any kind of prog rock, like it's nominally jazz, but it's kind of as much of a rock record. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mounting Flame is like a really impressive uh, record and like, you know, very chopsy. Bill, uh, uh, Billy Cobbin was a monster drummer, a jazz drummer on it. and um... Yeah, I, I think people, if, if you like this, like maybe check out the first couple, or Birds of Fire, or the first couple Mahavishnu records are really cool.
1: Mm-hmm. it's always cool to hear uh like an integrated violin rather than like always uh being the the focus like when it is the focus it's that very folksy sound in here but then when it's sort of complimenting everything else mm-hmm. um, it's it's a very nice addition especially you sent me a video of them playing live it might have been one of the ones you just talked about uh, in colorado yeah, it was yeah. where where they're playing the uh the plague flowers the kaleidoscope and he's like making it growl and screech exactly like it does on the record which I mean I've tried to play violin before is incredibly difficult to get the same sound twice in a row and this guy does it live uh to you know, like matching the record I'm astonished by the technical c- capability there
0: yeah it's crazy um this is cool I feel like man just in the interest of time though, we're not gonna be able to play all these songs sure sure
1: <laughs> uh, like, do we do we want to uh, zip it down what, to your favorite bits
0: yeah, I don't know. Maybe like let's do um, let's do a couple. Let's do the beginning of uh, of the leper, uh, leper butterflies. Okay. Um, I like the. There's a really cool bass riff. I feel like they give different. Um, this is a cool breakdown we were just listening to. But, is, um, oh, you want to keep I feel going like they with give that? different people like times to shine. I like the bass mm-hmm. riff at the beginning of this, and then oh. uh, maybe after that go to four minutes where these kind of extended guitar solos.
1: do that's cool oh yeah he does this a few times where it's like an almost baroque little lead line underneath the everything mm-hmm. else with the bass yeah it's, it doesn't feel wasted because like they've mixed it properly but if you couldn't hear that it would just feel like like wasted effort wasted composition uh but they've done a lot of great stuff in, in producing this record to make it yeah horrible. it's
0: really i mean it <coughs> it is well produced especially mm-hmm. when you got two vocals like maybe two guitars. It, violin you know they it, it's like there's a lot going on and i think it's mm-hmm. really just a <clears throat> clean sound i mean that in a good way just like it's it's very it's just well mixed you know but i mean all these guys like i bet like half i bet like all this band like teaches lessons in their spare time <laughs> they gotta
1: have master classes yeah
0: <laughs> yeah for sure like these guys gotta teach guitar lessons for sure
1: um I would take one bass lesson from this guy and just give up. I I, I mean, I, I gave <laughs> yeah. up on jazz band in college just because it was like, eh, I don't too know. Too hard. I, I, it was too hard, uh, like objectively, but moreover, it was like, this isn't very groovy. This is, ooh, hello.
0: Whoa. You just insulted jazz and he got really pissed. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, did you want to jump right. to four minutes, you said?
0: Yeah, let's turn to four. We should probably move a little...
1: Here. Chop, chop, says Matt. Uh, four minutes in Of the Leper Butterflies. Coming up.
0: Which I, I kind of was remarking that, like, for such a chopsy band, they don't have a ton of, like, extended guitar solos, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Like, this is one of them. I, I mean, this has just kind of been, like, how do you do that kind of thing? Like, how does a, a person
1: do that? You do that with sunglasses on, with your hair down, and with a, a ratty cigarette popping out of the side of your mouth is how you do it.
0: Yeah, it's pretty, I mean, it's it's impressive. It's, it's, it's interesting melodically, too. It's not just, like, mm-hmm. you know, notes.
1: One thing I wanted to point out here. I wonder if here. he's, like,
0: yeah, I feel like he's using a volume pedal because he's, like, he's almost like taking the attack off the notes.
1: Yeah, it's weird yeah. it almost sounds like weirdly uh inverted yeah yeah if you're uh,
0: fast you can you can kind of like if you take the pick off you can kind of wham you know kind mm-hmm. of thing I don't know seems like a lot of dexterity but... yeah yeah, uh, um, yeah you know, this guy's about, got that
1: you um you, you, we haven't really talked about the lyrical content of this record we've talked about a lot of the vocals uh how do lyrics fit into music like this for you do you do you read them do you listen to them?
0: Uh, n- not really. I yeah. actually, this is the first time I've really thought, um, I have trouble obviously with the, this guy,
1: right. It's kind of yeah. tough. Um, the, the, I, I asked because the, um, the dirty vocalist, uh, I forget all the names of these band members. So my apologies y'all, but, uh, the dirty vocalist is not just the vocalist, but also the lyricist, primary lyricist of this, right. Of these, of this band, uh, the one who, uh, creates all the album art um like a multi-talented multi-disciplinary artist but when it comes to this kind of music I, i ask because i i i listen to the lyrics and i figure like if i'm supposed to understand them i suppose i can go to the lyrics book pull up the lyrics book and it of the leper butterflies lyrics are oh why the butterfly of man with eyes that speak tongues foresight and memory maelstrom wormholes behind the vast passion a wish is made upon a nebula from the leper's kiss and it's like these Whoa. lyrics are, they're like evocative. Like you do get imagery from them. Uh, They do conjure imagery, but, but like that imagery, it, it kind of hits a little bit listlessly for me. And I'm wondering if it's, if that's the intent is to like focus and tell a story or if it's like, this will sound good as syllables uh, as yeah, like, as, as vowels for me, you know, to, is, that, to is, that the
0: cl- is that a cleaner uh, the, the more screen that's, out. that's
1: one of the songs where they pop in both like, He's, mm. he's going burr underneath and the singer is singing, Oh, why the butterfly of man kind of thing, you know, okay. like they're both doing the same words, but, uh, that's just one of the songs they do trade that's off. Weird. You
0: know? I, it, you know, it's weird as much as I was like close listening to this and taking notes that I, I don't know if I wrote any lyric or <laughs> any, I mean, cause number one, I think there's part of it where I just hear the kind of like, you know, the sort of like extreme, like black or death metal yeah. vocal where I just kind of like. I'm just like, well, I'm not going to really figure it out. So I'm just kind of like, it's just a textural like element in a track. So maybe I think I get in a mode when I hear that, where I just start to like kind of just listen to vocals as a, a musical or, you know, melodic element. And just kind of turn that part of my brain off because like, I'm not going to sit there and try to parse like, ah, (laughs) you know, kind of stuff (laughs) like, um, and it, it, it doesn't really, I mean, it doesn't, I'm not, it's not even really like, it's not a diss. I, it no, no, I it's not a all value music judgment. needs to be sure. um, uh, like lyrically focused, right? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Not everything needs to be like an indie folk record or something.
1: Although. Right, right. And it's like these. But, but they, they
0: clearly also put work into it. I, you know what I mean? It's like they, they're not throwaway lyrics either, right? Like they obviously, no. like what you just read was not just like stock, like. Hey baby kind of you know yeah. stuff or whatever either. So it's like it's weird to me that like I get a sense that a lot of black metal dudes like put a lot of work into lyrics and like their whole kind of worldview, and then it's like they present them in a way where I think, you know, unless you want to read with like a lyric sheet, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know, you know, what either. Oh geez. Something just fell. This is just this is real life radio, people. R L R over here. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's move. Um, I think uh why don't we touch on "Forget Not" a little bit, sure. Um, and then and then I think we should probably spend some and uh, and "Plague Flowers" to the kaleidoscope. I feels like mm-hmm. uh, is kind of the centerpiece of the record. So,
1: yep. Uh, well, here is "Forget Not" uh, off of "Portal of Eye" from Nabele Viscaris.
0: Oh, yeah, this one. This one's interesting for them because it's like they start with the middle breakdown.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. They do the same thing on the next record, on the next track, too, but it kind of kicks in a little sooner. Back there, the uh, the dead notes, the harmonics.
0: Yeah, I can't tell. Yeah, I do really. The the violin really is 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 cool to Mm -hmm. me. Like Mm -hmm. over over the course of the whole album, and I think it gives them a different. I don't know. I mean, they're could be a ton more metal bands that use violin i haven't heard them but you know it it seems to kind of make them stick out is like Mm. focusing on violin so much
1: those bass lines he goes for when they give him the space to be heard they just they're so pretty (laughs) yeah
2: for sure
1: yeah he's
0: got a nice melodic sensibility mm -hmm. yeah he is really good he's really good
1: there's one part in this song it's again like nine ten minutes in but i would like to hit it because it's specifically like it it goes from uh, let's see it's at nine minutes 40, I'll scrub forward. But there's this part, I'll pull up just a bit before that. It's going from, like, kind of a heavier part, excuse me, from kind of a less heavy part into a heavier part, uh, but, like, it's led there by the bass, this noodly bass, and it just hits so cleanly and naturally into this, like, breakdown-y roaring part that you almost don't see it coming. Uh, you'll hear what I mean. Well, this is before it, though. They just give him some room to fly up in the stratosphere there. Yeah, this is cool. It's not very long, but I think it is. Like, it makes the most so of that. He's, little give moment. His,
0: he's give his moments to
1: shine. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, as, you know, bass players we always get overlooked by society.
1: I, I thumped my chest in a show of solidarity and sport. <laughs> <laughs> And then we're down in the bayou with with the fiddle. At times, it's a nice nice contrast.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, We got a couple minutes, minute and a half left of this uh, track. Do you want to anything else? Let's go to
0: Plague Flowers and start from the beginning. This seems like this is the one that was taught in classes Mm -hmm, throughout uh,
1: (laughs) Greater Sydney,
0: Greater Sydney, (laughs) Sydney music schools.
1: Yeah, here is and plague flowers the kaleidoscope. that's just really good <laughs> like, yeah that's, i'm sitting like over here one. just like pumping my f- it's how many jrpgs have you played Matt? i get the feeling yeah, you're totally, not as like super totally. deep jrpg guy but like this is this is battle music this is overworld traversal music it's just very compelling it's very adventurous Music theory lesson, though, Matt. You know it was coming. What uh, time signature are they playing in?
0: Oof, that's your department, buddy.
1: Yeah, uh, usually is. Uh, they go from 5 8 to a 6 8. So, okay, that makes sense.
0: Oh, God, I didn't even think about This has got to be like. Not that I have the skill or patience to do that, but I wonder how many different time signatures are used on this record, because I bet it's like a ton. It's, I just uh,
1: that. Yeah. I mean, at least for like which ones they switch to and from, yeah. They kind of stick in a five, a six, a seven, but yeah, it's uh, This one in particular is off-putting because the... I feel like the violin is a very good guide for like, oh, we've centered it on this melodic piece, this this violin, but then it goes to these fun little jerky rhythmic parts that throw you off, it's nice. And the bassist underneath it all, doing a little bit of like the herky jerky, almost groovy stuff underneath mm-hmm. there. That's some of my favorite stuff on the record.
0: Yeah, this is great. I want to go to 517. Okay, we should listen. um, but uh, at 517 was the 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 this part that actually was the that made me go to YouTube to be like, okay, can these guys like really do this for real? <laughs> and that's the, what made me send that clip to you it, mm-hmm. it's at 517 it's like these crazy like repeated notes
1: okay I'll drop us there
0: so okay they're kind of building I like this build though. it's good it is it's it's, (laughs) nuts you know what i mean like they're all singing up with a double bass and the bass and two guitars it's like and then the violin is awesome on this part (laughs)
1: it is it is
0: with that kind of like typewriter kind of thing going on it's just insane
1: it is it's like gunshots
0: but that, that was in that uh, a clip that yes. I and sent what's, you. Yes,
1: and what's funny is, like, up until that point, I mean, it's the very melodic, it's the very violin-y. And then it, when that hits, the whole band is headbanging because it's like, it is the first time in this song we've had an honest-to-God breakdown five and a half minutes in. But it's so good. It's so, like, cathartic in that moment. Uh, and, yeah, they are hitting it so clean. Like, there's no deadening, there's no humming, nothing. They're, they're like completely tuned into each other. It's nuts. We've reached what i like about this track is like most groovy sensibilities
0: yeah yeah in the beginning it had almost kind of like a spanish like flamenco kind of thing going uh-huh. on like the acoustic part
1: but this part that's going to like do 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 like that syncopation and stuff it like it doesn't give me head to get head banging vibe it gives me like like very groovy, for lack of a better term. Yeah, yeah. I know that sure. groove metal is a thing. I don't really know the, the the genre or what it sounds like, but I must assume that it sounds something like this, where it's like we've prioritized literally this like head bob and groove in the middle of a metal track. It it throws me, but it always makes me smile.
0: I think groove metal probably predated new metal to a certain degree. Hmm. Like. You know, like White Zombie or Machine Head or like...
1: Am I interpreting it right, though? Is it like just where there is a distinct groove to it and it's not just like a repeated... But there's... Them, but there's, them, but there's them. Yeah.
0: You know, like think of White Zombie. like Sure. You know, and like... And they, they tended to use like... They were those big on using like drop tunings you know what i mean mm-hmm. like drop d and like other drop tunings to get that really low kind of thing um i think those bands maybe like were kind of what led into new metal And there's probably a lot of crossover oh this is cool part sorry yeah.
1: got interrupted by
0: no but this is like some classic like metal shredding you know Uh huh. but yeah this definitely feels like the song i'm i you know that i get the sense is like the fan like I wouldn't doubt if they play this last at their concerts. You know what I mean? It's got that kind of feel to it.
1: I think they did actually close that Colorado show you sent me with this. I think that was this was their their closer, um, and it also like it's good. I should say off the bat, I think it's good. I think it's the best song on the record. It's also like the most exemplary. It has all the pieces that every other track. So like deftly weaves through but like foregrounds them in a weird way to where like you could listen to this song and get a feel for the record and probably get a feel for the artist um in a good way like you don't feel like you're pigeonholed them it's like the best parts of most songs are in this one
0: i also don't man i don't understand these bands man like when you do a show and you play this shit for, like, 90 minutes, I just don't, like, I just don't have the technical facility as a musician to even dream of even playing one song, but, you know what I mean? Like, it's gotta yeah. be, like, it's almost like athletics at a certain point, you know what I mean? Like, they, I mean, they must have training regimens of, like, practice and stuff, you know?
1: I mean, like, the tour documentaries and stuff are always just, like, half them trying not to eat, like, garbage and half them exercising in the tour bus, you know? They really are just stay in peak maybe that's what differentiates this well aside from sound this from like the real black metal the real 80s stuff is because like it was the sex drugs and rock and roll of it all is wearing off and like the music nerddom is starting to take yeah. in around this time where it's like we're really we're- focused on the music guys we're, we're not here to just do drugs do, do blow drink beer and, and fuck off like we're focused on this, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, the early black metal guys, I think, partied probably, but sure. I, they were also like, the early black metal stuff, is like, they really prized like rawness, like even of sound quality and like right. cassette only stuff. Like they were like super, and they, they were okay players, but they were almost like, it almost has this kind of weird sloppy kind of punk qu- quality. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird, you know, I don't totally understand all that genre, but. Sure. Well. I, I don't know if you've ever, you ever watched, uh, the movie, the Lord's a chaos movie. No. Oh man. You should, watch. it's like super great, like exploitation cinema that you don't see <laughs> often anymore. It's based on the book about the early black, you know, the guys that burned the churches and like right, kill right. people and all that stuff. It's like, it's super gonzo. Like, I don't know. You just don't, you don't see a lot of like really just Gonzo kind of like trashy stuff anymore. And it it kind of is in like an amazing way. So I recommend that. Um all right. Well, we've got a couple more. Mm-hmm. Um when Icicles fall, I had um I had, like 150 marked. And okay. Then... <laughs> and then something at 223. And I'm not trying to be a dick, but it's it just cracked me up.
1: All right. Let me navigate there we're about to listen to as i could excuse me as icicles fall off of uh, portal of eye
0: like these are some kind of classic metal riffs too i like yeah like a little iron maideny kind of
1: yeah you're doing the devil horns at this point
0: yeah yeah you totally are but it, it'll come up soon enough. At 2.23, there's just something with the, the dirty, like, raw vocalist guy that yeah. kind of cracks me up.
1: It's uh, right here, actually.
0: He sounds like Gollum.
1: <laughs> Doesn't he? He, sound, he does. He sounds like he's about to say, my precious. Uh, it Trixie's Trixie. <laughs> there's this video of... Trixie Hobbitses.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. Just cry. Like, uh, the dude's doing his thing for sure, but it's just like, for some reason, the way he said things, it was kind of like, remember when we did the Guns N' Roses album? And me and Riker went crazy about five minutes about how Axel, like, pronounced, like, one specific line as if he was like count dracula like a for vampire, no reason yeah, yeah. and <laughs> I, I don't that. want to do it um i don't know this, this the golem thing really struck 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 me it's and great. i just me and my daughter just watched like the fellowship of the ring like the other day so oh, yeah yeah yeah. what'd you think you know, of it like a, she loves it yeah i mean you know it's just a good family kind of christmas break type thing you yeah
1: know? You should show her the uh, extended director's cut next time. See if she lasts.
0: I've never seen those. They, I didn't know it was like an hour or more. Holy shit.
1: Yeah. My friends and I watched them all in like over the course of two or three weeks last year, and it was great. It was an eye-opening experience, even having seen those movies a bunch.
0: Yeah, I love those movies. I mean, they're just... They're, they're, so, they're so good,
1: man. I know. And
0: like, and it, this seems like a, a, a sidetrack, but in, in this episode is, it, is talking about Lord of the Rings really a sidetrack? No, no,
1: we're r- right in the main I vein, really. vein here. I think,
0: yeah, I think we're, we're right where we should be. Um, do you want to like check out a little bit of um... There's some Yeah, boy, the, the violin really adds a lot.
1: Yeah, I know. Like, there's an anger to the black metal thing, to the speed metal thing. But this, when you, it's like a cheat code, you add violin, that like whining violin on top. And it's like, oh, this is actually sad. This is not mad. This is not angry music. This is, this is really sad, pensive, somber music. Uh, I'm, I'm losing a loved one or something. I'm not, you know, storming the castle. Uh, yeah, I,
0: they don't, they don't, they seem pretty, uh, like pretty wholesome guys from one yeah. of the interviews that I saw.
1: Yeah, like, like Chris Vader said, you know, kind of music for music nerds in a way you gotta oh, imagine totally. the guys making it yeah. are music nerds too yeah 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 for sure
0: uh yeah well, let's is... let's check out of, of petrichor petrichor weaves black noise i think i'm right, that, right? <laughs> i don't
1: let's know or care me. if you got it right that was just fun to hear <laughs> yeah uh okay. well they
0: demand a lot of you with the the song titles <laughs>
1: uh all right this one is of petrichor weave's black noise
0: I like this riff a lot here. This this song they have a little bit that reminds me of kind of like some classic thrash kind of era stuff, Mm -hmm. like Metallica and stuff, Megadeth. Yeah,
1: harmonizing guitars also usually get me no matter the genre. You put those in anything, and it just sounds fucking cool, just sounds like you're. You know, if you're yeah. storming the castle, you're doing it with your best bros, kind of thing.
0: Or like "Thin Lizzy" was a classic for the oh, Harley beats. Yeah. Like diddle dee, diddly dee, diddle dee, dee, yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to listen to um at four, like four thirty. Oh yeah. There's a great kind of like classic thrash metal riff. I thought that was cool.
1: Four thirty coming up. This is the part that makes me glad I got a standing yeah. desk. Right now I'm standing, and I don't know if you can tell from the audio quality, yeah. but actually, headbanging. this is like
0: just headbanger shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh,
1: my girlfriend got me a set of, I think it's Loop brand, the earplugs that are like customizable to fit and stuff. Oh shit, really? They're they're pretty nice. I have yet to like figure out my exact perfect fit, but I got to get to a show like this to test them out. <laughs>
0: yeah i should check the. I, I need to get better earplugs
1: i just honestly i just ride on the ones that i get from free venues in minneapolis since they're always free at like first ave and uh anywhere outside of saint paul i think you can get them free and i've just been like hoarding those mm-hmm. every time i go to a show but that's running out to get gross groceries real, real quick this part is sweet
0: Yeah, I've been thinking about going to an audiologist and getting fitted for those filtered ones that are, like, molded. They cost, like, a lot of money, but a few people I know have them say it's, like, the greatest thing ever. For just
1: going to shows? Uh, because
0: they just cut the... It's like they cut the volume, but it doesn't have those weird kind of, like, muddiness kind of thing. It it cuts Mm -hmm. the frequencies, like, in a flat
1: way. Interesting.
0: And plus, then, you have to get molded at an audiologist, so... yeah. Like they don't fall out, and there's no like cracks because it's like you know exactly the impression of your ear.
1: Sounds sick. Sounds perfect. Are you going to loud shows these days?
0: Um, I've been having a little tinnitus. So I kind of. Yeah. I, sh- I, I went to I, I went to Boris, the Japanese kind of oh, heavy shit. band. I meant to see them, and 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 Melvin's opening up also. Yeah. Uh, and it was uh it was an amazing show but um even with earplugs it was extreme i mean it was like insanely loud yeah like 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 i would say 90s loud um i hadn't really experienced like that level of sound pressure for a while and like i kind of uh, maybe i shouldn't have gone it was cool uh i mean it's not terrible but i just i just need to be more careful you know yeah
1: it takes a longer while to- come back from that for sure
0: well and this was like I mean this was extreme I mean it really was like it was pushing it yeah from any show I've seen ever
1: well and for you you go to live music for 30 years yeah
0: Yeah. I mean I've always been good uh, good about it you know what I mean like Uh uh, wearing your plugs but Uh, gotta be careful yeah most bands like if you go to First Avenue show now it's really not that loud you know what I mean
1: yeah yeah there's a cap on it yeah
0: like Um, this was like
1: crazy uh, just you know apropos of nothing uh, Soul Glow is opening for mannequin Pussy at the Fine Line in May. Oh if, shit! If nice. you should, if you if you if you'd find yourself with a spare, I would love to see them. You know, uh, I would love to uh, see them. May seventh, twenty twenty four. I'm I'm going. I'm going, and I'm probably gonna hurt myself because I promised myself I would when we covered them on this on this podcast. Fucking love that record.
0: Yeah, I. Sh- uh, I'll, um, yeah, if I can go, I will for sure. Sick. All right, I'm we should we you. should let these guys. T- we're blabbing too much here. Sorry. No, I mean, I was. <laughs> we're all. It's we're all, Everyone's guilty.
1: It's crossfade. Um,
0: yeah, that's true. We get off on of tangents.
1: <laughs> I think where What's the what? Uh, we're. Uh, we got about a minute and a half left.
0: Oh, I kind of. This this ending section is cool. Speaking of Lord of the Rings, there.
1: Like. Oh yeah. special guest appearance by Hans Zimmer wait was it Danny Elfman or Hans Zimmer (laughs) it was Danny Elfman wasn't it no it was Howard Shore god I I don't know
0: yeah I don't think it was Elfman I kind of like the I like ending this record in this kind of way though
1: uh huh like it's all been a ritual of some kind
0: yeah and just it kind of dissolves into this kind of I guess black noise hence the title which Mm. is more metal than white noise (laughs) <laughs> I don't know I just think this is a kind of atmospheric cool way to end the, like a record that was so like uh, busy you know what I mean mhm There you have it. This is uh this was a journey. So, uh, yeah, this is cool. I hope, I hope we did it justice. There's a lot to, uh, a lot to chew on. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like we covered most of the stuff though. And yeah, yeah. it was a, thanks for introducing it to us. Um, yeah. Thank you again, Chris
1: Vader. Um, I know yeah. that and plague flowers, the kaleidoscope at least will probably enter my rotation of, uh, maybe comfort listens. We'll see. It's a bit of a journey on its own. If I've got an extra 12 minutes here or there, um, But I'm glad we got to listen to it. I'm glad we did finally uh, come back for a quick covering of it. Um, One of our other traditions here on Crossfade is to uh, solicit questions and song suggestions from the community. Do you have a second, Matt, to go through a few of these? Let's do it.
0: Let's do it. it. It's been a while. Let's do it.
1: Um, I don't have anything particular to plug because we're not making this podcast as regularly as once we were. But I will say patreon.com slash minmax. That is patreon.com slash M-I-N-N-M-A-X. It's a pun on Minnesota, Minneapolis, et cetera. Um, they accept uh PayPal Venmo I don't know actually what they accept uh you can become a regular supporter um for a dollar you get access to a lot of stuff from from uh, the crew I get to join the Discord I forget actually all the benefits of becoming a member today I am a sustaining member of MinMax and I'm proud to be so. Uh, so I know that they'd appreciate uh, your time and attention. If if you don't have uh, the extra funds right now, give them a follow on Twitter or on YouTube or Twitch. They're everywhere. Uh, you cannot get away from Ben Hansen's balding face. Uh, check it out wherever you are at Minmax M I N N M A X. Uh, just like the folks who've uh, discussed these questions, who have sent us these questions, uh, have on uh, through through various channels. Um, the first one that we've got. The first question comes from uh, Not Weirder, uh, which. Very suspicious nickname. You're not weirder t-shirt has a lot of people questioning how weird you are. Uh, hey, Crossfade. I'm in the camp of mostly listening to newer music. And for some reason, I find it hard to go back to the classics I've missed out on. Uh, I know it's just air vibrations, but there's some barrier that's there and I can't explain it. Did you ever find yourself, excuse me, did you ever find certain music daunting to listen to? Thanks, y'all. Um, so Matt, not weirder wants to know if there's uh, an artist or if there's a genre or if there's any like barrier of music you've ever found yourself up against and maybe what you did to surpass it.
0: Well, uh, the one I was thinking of is actually a partic- uh, particular band that I would imagine a decent amount of people that listen to this show might like. I imagine you might like them. Um, but in in general, like I'm not really like I guess you know I don't find music daunting. But sometimes if a band and like maybe an older school example is be like The Fall or like Guided by Voices. Like mm-hmm. when a band is so incredibly prolific and puts out so much stuff. And then you kind of miss the initial wave of it. You know what I mean? And you're kind of coming in like, yeah, after it's already established, all this to say, I'm talking about King, uh, King lizard and the gizzard wizard. Oh
1: boy. Okay. you know what I mean?
0: Cause like, I know, I like know tons, like I know tons of people that love that band.
1: King Gizzard. I see baby. people
0: talk about it on, on like Twitter talking about it, you know, that mm-hmm. I follow, but it's just like the dudes put out like an album every four months. <laughs> and, Even, you know what I mean? Crazier than like, that. Yeah. Or maybe more. Yeah. I don't know. But you know, and like, that's great when you catch the wave at the beginning and then you kind of ride it, mm-hmm. but then it's like, Oh shit. Like which of these 32 records <laughs> should I start with? You know yeah. what I mean? And like, I, and I know they're prone to do kind of like genre exercises where like one's like super extreme metal and one's like psychedelic or what, you know what I mean? So it's like, that's what it, I I tend to get. Like, I just don't know where to start. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And And especially if a band has a very long and huge and varied kind of like catalog of like dozens and dozens and dozens of albums
2: mm-hmm.
0: um so that i will be daunted by that sometimes i would say and, and like that's why i still really haven't i mean i've heard a song here and there and it's popped up on you know spotify just autoplay or whatever but i've never really in in in, uh, in earnest really checked out that band because it's like sometimes i just feel like yeah. it's overwhelming
1: i i definitely feel that um this st- i would say specifically as somebody who does listen to King is i i think you should listen to like if you see a song come across your Spotify, if it recommends or if it's in a mix or whatever, listen to that record. What else is on that record? Because they generally tend to like group by theme. Like they've got a metal record. They've got a very weird folksy psych album record. They've got a lot of acid stuff, like really, really good stuff or not acid stuff. um, uh, Psych rock stuff, but it's, it's really, really good. Uh, But it's only like the more popular poppy cashy stuff. That's going to come across your Spotify. Cause it gets the more plays clearly. Uh, and I think you would, particularly appreciate where they get more experimental where they get more jammy and they really do they're some of the best in the business at it um and especially especially like mimicking that 60s 70s uh hard rock sound really really good at that um highly recommend uh and for, yeah i should and and for that particularly um that that same point i would make uh two not weirder um specifically to your point about uh listening to newer music and maybe finding a barrier if you're trying to go back some years uh i've i don't think i've ever particularly had that i mean not to say it's bad or wrong to have that problem. I didn't have that problem because all I listened to as a kid was music from like the fifties through the seventies. Cause my mom was a bit of a hippie. She loved the music she listened to. when she was a kid and a teen, like most of us do when we're in, you know, uh, in our years. Um, but the way that I, uh, have found, like, I found it really interesting to go to, I, I can link a website in the notes. I forget what it's called exactly, but I found it interesting to go back to like going back a decade or two or three or four or five and finding like, what was the billboard top, whatever for, for that, period of time for a oh, month really? or, or a yeah. year. For example, I went to it today. Uh, in this week, I think it was, um, Angie by rolling stones was like top of, is it Angie? I think the really sad. Yeah, that's yeah. great. That's a good one. It's a, it's a great song. Uh, it was top of the charts at the, at this time in 1973. And, uh, in number eight, uh, I had no idea. 1973, Billy Preston's space race, which is a weird, like funky instrumental track by the guy that helped make some of the Beatles best music in their later years. Oh yeah, yeah, for I sure. Fucking love that track. Did not know what it was. Have listened to plenty of Billy Preston. Not enough, clearly. Uh, and it was like a way to discover new stuff back then. And, you know, five, 10, excuse me, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, I think is the denominations that lets you go through, you know, 10 years ago, Katy Perry was at the top of the charts. 20 years ago, it was uh, uh fucking Mariah Carey or whatever. Like there's there's a lot of good stuff to be found there. Uh, It's just a matter of like repeated listens, contextual listens. You Matt, you and I've talked about like if an album doesn't hit you right the first time and you're just doing something, you're focused on work or you're at the gym or you're driving. And it's just like not the right time to listen to a thing. Can't judge it from that directly. I would say, put yourself in as many different contexts as possible with it, even with a sampling of the music before saying like, this is not able, I'm not able to get through to this or it's not able to get through to me. Um, I wouldn't call it forcing yourself to like it, but that's what it sounds yeah, like. Well, you know?
0: I, yeah, totally, totally. Well, that's kind of the touch on the next question. One thing, because you mentioned Billy Preston, I just mm-hmm. watched this, and I feel like it's hard, you know, pretty much unless you were there. It was hard for me when I was a kid too. You know, um, there's a there's a on on Max right now. There's a documentary on Little Richard called "I Am Everything." Hmm. Um, and sometimes I think it's hard to like understand the impact that that early rock and roll stuff had. Um, the footage of him live sometimes is like insanely kind of like just like a orgiastic like riot or something. I mean, Mm. it's incredible. His whole persona, like his, his like sexuality and like flirting in and out of transness in the fifties as a black man, you know, it's just like,
1: it's radical. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You, it's like, if you see the footage and see how, fucking crazy these kids were going for the shit and like also how much more like aggressive it was live than what ended up on records yeah. you know i mean his records are actually some the probably of all those early rock and rollings like his records probably captured the live thing the best i would say um like the specialty singles and stuff but it's pretty cool because like that stuff's just always seemed kind of like old-fashioned or whatever um and i'm sure i mean if you're younger probably even more so but like it's a pretty incredible watch. And just to really see like how magnetic he was and mm-hmm. how crazy he was and how like the level of sort of physical, just insanity, he kind of pushed himself to live. It's like, I would just, I, I think even if you're not interested in it, like by the end, you'll be like, wow, that was really a cool yeah. thing. I just kind of, I, I watched it the other night cause I was just sort of like flipping through and uh, I was pretty blown away.
1: Maybe I should check that out too. It is a really good point. Putting in context, visually, like little Richard Big influence on a lot of artists who got a lot po- more popular on the same I mean, stuff. Prince, you know, I mean, Prince, you know Bowie. Like
0: Prince, co- yeah, copied his look. I mean, John Lennon, McCartney, like they—that was their guy. You know what I yeah. mean? So, um, anyway, so now, but yeah, that, that's a side point. Yeah. But I just wanted to recommend that real quick. No, I hope
1: we've given Not Weirder some avenues into music that maybe hasn't penetrated your your sphere before, or that you've had a hard time getting used to um check them out uh we'll leave some links in the show notes for you to for you to poke around at but um thank you so much for the question i really enjoyed that little trip uh, bob buell thank you so much bob buell for staying on the beat of all things min max it seems um, so glad that the crossfade boys that's capital c capital b's uh, are able to ride yet again uh so are we bob my question who's the best artist or band you initially dismissed and never listened to But when you did, you ended up becoming a big fan recently for Bob. It was J Cole never gave him a chance until about six months ago. And it, and Bob became a big fan. Uh, thanks says Bob. Um, I feel like we've uh, approached this question from a a couple different angles in the past, Matt, but I'm always eager to like, what's bubbling to the surface now, as far as bands you once try, you maybe didn't try to, you, you, you dismissed initially. You were, you know, you just wrote off. Not interested, and then later once you did dip your toe in, it turned out to be just up your alley.
0: You know, recently and like I think part of this becomes much easier in the streaming age because there's just no like barrier to entry, right? You don't mm-hmm. have to like find something. I haven't actually listening to like and and I again far from an expert in this stuff. I've been really just checking out some of the brand name kind of stuff that people have heard of, but uh classical music actually. Um I've been listening to some of that at work lately just to kind yeah? of, that's just a whole, uh, I mean, not that I've never heard any of it or never listened to it, but you know what I mean? I'm just like listening to like Mozart or
1: right now you're listening Beethoven to pleasure, Yeah. Or,
0: yeah and, and that stuff, you know, I think everyone's a kid it's like, you know, that's in the movies, you know, like the, the stuffy people at the restaurant before, you know, <laughs> the, <laughs> the cool guy like breaks up the party, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. It's just kind of interesting. And like, it's, it is kind of, I find it soothing to listen to. And that's just maybe the one aspect. Like, I feel like I got a pretty good handle on jazz, which, you know, I think when you're a kid, that's a tough one too. And, um, which now I love, but mm-hmm. yeah, classical, I've just always been a very, like, I don't know a whole lot much more than just the, maybe a little bit more than the surface level stuff. So mm-hmm. it's been kind of, uh, something that's clicked for me a little bit, maybe in the last year or so. Um,
1: so next you'll be lecturing me about counterpoint and baroque exactly yeah, harmonic for techniques. Sure, for sure, yeah exactly <laughs> um if i could have one it's uh, i don't know if you't know who Joyce manor is matt uh rec- e- recentish e- e- last 10 years yeah. or so are they today are they, are they canceled they? do you think e- uh i don't think they're I- one of the ones that got explicitly canceled there are a lot of them in that space though so are they emo i
0: feel like every emo band is like
1: there's a 60 <laughs> percent chance one of them is yeah, <laughs> yeah a really horrible person. it's like when
0: i hear a black metal band i'm always like I Google the name, like the name, and then Nazi. (laughs) And then, like, you know, like with emo bands, I'm always like, ooh, like I got to Google them. Blank and then Uh, allegations.
1: I just ran into that today with a couple of bands that I used (laughs) to listen to.
0: Yeah, allegations would be good. I feel like, (laughs) you know,
1: I don't know. It's not great. Uh,
0: Anyway, I've heard it, but yes, that is to say, I've heard of the band and I might have just, like, kind of. Besmirched their reputation. Oh, no, um,
1: I don't know if I don't know if you could bring them down. Um, They seem on the top of the world. Uh, they were one of those bands that for several years, I like I listened to one of their songs and I was like, this sounds a lot, maybe too much like the music I used to listen to when I was a tween and a teen. So I will like I think I get these guys. I think I've written them off as uh, as Bob would say. I've like dismissed them because they are simply known to me already. I don't really need to dig in. And then once I did, I did ahead of a concert that I went to. Earlier this year, uh, I went, actually went to California to catch a couple of concerts of a few of my favorite bands, and they were uh, headlining at the um, Long Beach Amphitheater or whatever. I forget what that's called, um, but it's a uh, Long Beach Arena. Anyway, great concert. Um, and i in getting ready to listen, you know, see them live. I got pretty familiar with their discography, with their backlog, and I found myself like finding something really rewarding there and sort of this like postmodern, inane goofiness to the lyrics that was really charming and and fun and like very catchy. Uh I I totally turned around on him. Uh, I really really like. I think I now if Matt knows more than I do, maybe I don't like Joyce Manor or maybe I'm going to No, no, I, I, here, I, but... I
0: was I feel bad actually. I was just on my <laughs> phone and like I just I, I haven't found anything. I
1: You're sorry not wrong so, you know, for it. I know it was dog like was the one that like got that, got that sometimes.
0: bands is feel always feels yes. like like what was the horrible they were more punk but Jesus Christ it was bad i'm anti-flag i think
1: oh
0: oof, yeah some there's some grim stuff like well, this i just feel like that whole emo pop punk kind soft of world boy of the thing, early yeah, yeah it's, it's rough
1: it's it rough. is rough it is rough um but, but anyway
0: sorry joyce manner you <laughs> seem to be above board unless there's something i'm not seeing so you I seem
1: apologize. to be okay guys but uh don't hold me to this <laughs> I, Yeah, I remember yeah,
0: unless there's something bad then i hate you
1: remember when we recorded it, I, I felt bad because we recorded an episode with um with AJ Moser about uh arcade fire, literally like a couple of days before all the Will Butler stuff came out about him being a kind of oh, a Oh, Yeah. It was a win I forget which one of those. Win, I think, yeah. But uh yeah. yeah, like it was that was quite a time. That was quite a time.
0: Yeah, it's rough, man. It's like, you know, you and, and you don't know people, you know what I mean? Like how right. you know, how are you supposed to know? I just I kinda hate the I don't know. Like, I'm glad people are definitely getting called out, and there's two, way tons of creeps that are still operating out there. I just, I kind of hate the like retroactive, like, well, you should have known. It's like, what? Well, how the hmm. fuck do I know, like, what <laughs> Wynn Butler's like? You know what I mean? Or, and, you know, not that I was a huge arcade right, guy right. either way, but like, it's just like, it's always those things.
1: It's just like, but you I just know, bought a CD from know. the guy, you know? Like,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, yeah. I know. It's, 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 it's rough. It sucks.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, that's quite um, a tangent for, for us on Crossfade. Yeah, uh, we have yeah. a couple more questions here. One of which comes from our very own patriarch, Ben Hansen, who says, I was recently debating the most iconic songs from the nineties with somebody and they stopped me in my tracks by saying that Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You from 1994 should be considered in the top five for the nineties at this point. Please discuss. <laughs> Fuck no. What do you think?
0: no no okay no like i sorry like part of part of getting old is like you start to see like things Mm -hmm. you lived with kind of like retroactively like retconned into like something that just was not the case like i feel like i didn't even i mean i guess i knew of that song but like she had songs like we belong together emotions vision of love fan you know she had hits and i i looked it up that that song got to like 12 on the billboard hot hot 100 you know what i mean like airplay but like you got to also think it's a christmas song and there's a lot of those oldies radio stations that like switch over to the all like all christmas thing for like two months Hmm. so you're gonna get a bump there i just like it, it was not this i don't remember really it being like this thing until maybe like i don't know 10 15 years ago on like social media where it's like now i just feel like everyone's just like I hate that song.
2: I love that song. <laughs> oh,
0: oh my God! It's so overbearing. It's like it. It almost seems like the um memeification of it. Like, uh, like oh, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Fight me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I really don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, you know, like that, that was not like. I, I honestly probably heard it in the 90s but i do not remember it being this huge ass thing like when it came out i don't remember that at all i feel like it, it, it was way more this kind of like twitter thing or something mm-hmm. and like internet kind of meme thing then but no it's not i mean come on like it's, come on, it, it it like of all like all the music that came out in the 90s like give me a break like that's not even
1: uh can, like yeah I, I hate to put you on the spot what would be your no particular order top five of the 90s if you can
0: oh of just, like, quality or, like, iconic.
1: Um, Let's say iconic, since this was...
0: Because <laughs> quality, would, quality would send me down this, like, super rabbit hole, <laughs> like, you know, weird indie rock bands no one cared about. Um, uh, I mean, you just got to think, like, Smells Like Teen Spirit or mm-hmm. Nothing But a G Thing by Dr. Dre. Or, you know what I mean? Like those, like, those would be the types of songs I would talk, you know, I would say, you know what I mean? Or, like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not good at lists, but it just... I just don't remember that song being like the hugest deal at
1: all. Right. You know, well, but I think it,
0: now it is for sure. It
1: successfully navigated this kickflip from like popular attention because it's played in, you know, the stores where your par- well, where my parents used to shop as a kid and you heard it everywhere and it just became synonymous with the holiday. And then when you grew up, you had the choice to listen to it. So you started to listen to it. It became nostalgic. And then capitalizing on that nostalgia, every brand uses this music. So it just feeds itself again and again. Mariah Carey is recording new promos for the same song because they know it's going to reach the top of the charts again at Christmas. It feels like if we limited that to seasonal iconic songs from the nineties. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely the top, top one or two. Uh,
0: but, but like from right here, like I remember like emotions felt like a song you couldn't get away from or like fantasy hmm. felt like a song with like ODB. Yeah. Um, like those are songs I remember, like you just felt like you couldn't get away from them. I don't remember feeling that way about, I mean, Again, was I the target audience? So maybe I'm like underestimating what it was at the time. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a fine Christmas song, perfectly I fine. I wish, I wish, I wish Mariah well in all her endeavors. <laughs> um, you know, uh,
1: I like, do, I'm I,
0: sure she's fine.
1: I do need a um a little bit of an education in '90s music. I did. That was like one of the few decades that my musical upbringing didn't really include, despite growing up in it. Uh, my girlfriend's oh, yeah, giving yeah, yeah. me a little bit because she knows that the sphere way better than i do um i just need to uh really make a considered effort but i don't know where to start maybe you can help me later on with it give me yeah sure give me the I ones know. that matter
0: yeah totally yeah i give you a ton
1: so direct answer um, to you there ben is no that person was no, wrong no no no, no 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 no, it gets the big matt houses thumbs down
0: revisionist revisionist history
1: it gets uh it's a, it gets a yucky I, don't know why
0: I got so aggressive about that i think i just get sick of like the 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 fighting over it every year on yeah. like social media like i hate it i'm cool punk rock guy i hate that song yeah i love that song mariah team mariah i'm like part of the mariah hive like it's, you know what i mean like who cares like it's just it's it just kind of just seems like it's like it gets overcooked every year
1: yeah just listen to it and know. enjoy it don't talk yeah,
0: about it. Yeah, it's fine. it's a fine. A fine
1: song. A fine song for the holiday season. <laughs> a Fine song for the holiday season. Uh, it gets a but thumbs up again from Matt. Contextually, um, Maniac asks, "Have you ever had just a completely wrong idea in your head about what a band would sound like, and ended up surprised for better or worse? Uh, who was it recently? Maniac decided to try out the band Ghost. Actually, Matt, you and I've covered one Ghost song in this uh, podcast. The one with oh, yeah, the gimmicky, ghost. Yeah, we, yeah, we covered the song ghost in Bible. BC
0: or now they are something like that. Are ghost they really? Did they something. change the name?" um uh there was an original like there's a japanese prog band called ghost that uh, was like way before them hmm. um and i think they had to like add ghost bc or something like that to interesting. it
1: interesting yeah. um well uh maniac says that they were expecting rob zombie when they listened to ghost and they instead got a scooby-doo so that's <laughs> that's the time <vibe laughs> i like ghost
0: star i like i like i like ghost you know yeah. like i mean they seem like they got a little more like almost like metal like abba or something as they went along mm-hmm. um but I like that. I did remember that first. I'm really liking that. Um, it's a fun. me of blue. It reminded me of Blue, it, it me of blue Cult when they first came yeah. out, which is why I liked it so much. Nice. Um, but I think I just want to bring this up because I think it's a classic one, and I just know other people that totally had the same experience. But when you see like a band that has this kind of like weird kind of cryptic logo that says Grateful Dead, <laughs> and then their 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 symbol is this. Cool ass skull with like a lightning bolt in the middle of the skull. <laughs> if you were like 10 and little heavy metal shit running around, you would think, like, wow, this must be like, you know. I just thought they would be like Black Sabbath, like an early heavy metal band, or like yeah. Led Zeppelin or Jimmy Hendrix. You know what I mean? I thought it'd be like heavy, like kind of 60, 70 shit. And of course, then it's like really the farthest from that um but i just know i know like other people i've talked to that were like yeah i remember i thought the dead were gonna be like this crazy punk rock band or like heavy metal band or something And it's like not very much not that even though i've grown to like the dead you know to Mm -hmm. a degree but um that was just always felt like a really classic one and if you just saw like that t-shirt in the wild like it totally looks badass you know (laughs) what i mean
1: and then you turn on the record and it's like just singing about trucking and uh, yeah, yeah, be, Once, be you know, more of kinda, mines.
0: Yeah, country jamming kind of you know stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, Did you have anything like that?
1: Actually, I couldn't. I couldn't call up anything for this in particular. I I usually feel like now I see enough about a band before they like I see them as you know if press photos of them and I see um I can you know music videos and stuff and I'm just inundated with enough about them before I even try to listen that like yeah if they look yeah, kind of, if they look kind of waifish and they uh and you know they're they're really pale skin and they've got sunglasses on inside, and the band's called Bar Italia probably they're pretty like weepy wafy poppy type thing, right they're sort of bedroom poppy in ways mm-hmm. and you know I, I I'm not that I'm a good judge of that, I think I'm just like today it's very hard to be surprised by a new like act <sighs> yeah. sound based on just seeing them, you know.
0: That's a good point. That is a good point. Yeah, it's the media environment so radically different. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of which, the second Bar record was a little bit of a bummer for me. Is that the I loved newer the first one, one this year? The newer one, yeah. It was yeah. a little more rock oriented and not as kind of like groovy, like French pop kind of yeah, thing.
1: Honestly, um, I was planning on going to their show earlier this year, or excuse me. It, was it just happened December. like a
0: couple of weeks ago, yeah, I think.
1: But then like I listened was, to the record, I'm like, man, they're probably going to play a lot of this, huh? <laughs>
0: So the the mind. first one the the first one they put out they put out two records this year. The first one is I loved it oh. was like one of my favorite records of the year, but um I guess the show was amazing. Um my <laughs> friend went. Um
1: maybe I should have gone. But
0: yeah, you know that that does like um it does kind of show you like I, I think there's a few artists like where I think part of their power is the fact that they're not like always available. Mm-hmm. Like uh um like Frank Ocean would be a great example of oh, that. Yeah. I think there's a mystique about Frank ocean. I think there's a mystique about Kendrick Lamar. Like he doesn't do interviews. He'll do videos, but they're usually, you know what I mean? He's just not on social media. He's not available. Beyonce's like that. I think she has a very kind of like almost godlike kind of thing because she just doesn't like, I mean, she used to, but then it seems like once she's gotten to this sort of Imperial, like Jay-Z Beyonce, she's kind of stopped like really doing stuff. Right. I don't know. I think there's a real power to that. You know what I mean? Like that, like, I, I like, honestly, like Frank is probably the ideal one. Cause like, you know what I mean? He just put out like two records in this kind of just, you know. Right.
1: And every just, word about him starts at like a media frenzy, you know, like anything yeah, yeah. he says or does, uh, same to a much, much lower extent and with much different like implications. Uh, Mitski does the same kind of thing. Like she rarely released, like she had an album in 2018 and then she put, didn't say anything about music until 2022 when she put out a new record. Last oh really? Year. And she put out another one this year just as a quick one, too. Um, but like very similarly, it, it works to her benefit. People sort of build this fervor in the absence of this music and in the absence of presence. Like it it works against what you'd imagine for um today's like like you said, the media environment where you gotta have social media, you gotta have clips going, you gotta have new singles and stuff just to stay alive as an artist. And it's like I, I assume these people find ways to produce and stay afloat outside of releasing their own music. uh, But in the absence of releasing their own music, people really start to froth for that new music, you know?
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, you, you know, you just didn't like on Instagram, it's like, you didn't, you didn't know, like in the seventies, people like Led Zeppelin had a ton of like mystique. They, people didn't like know what they ate for breakfast every day on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like, or, or a number of artists, but I just think, I think there's a few artists that still get that. And like, you have to be at a certain level probably to get away with that. You know what I mean? like Mm because you can't it'd be tough to come out like that but um or you know another band that does uh that uh that british kind of mysterious r&b collective assault
1: i don't know if i know them
0: s-a-u-l-t like they're supposedly like no one knows who who, yeah like no one knows who's in that band and they just did some like their first show in england but it was this really weird like art installation it wasn't like a normal show right it was like sort of this like multi-room art installation thing but I don't know. Like, I think that I, that's one thing I thought was cool about them is like they didn't even say what the band members were, so mm. then people were speculating like, "Who is in this band?" You know, like, <laughs> they were like saying like, "This known person is like really in the band" or something. So, I don't know. That's kind of a cool thing. So, yeah, it's yeah. a nice
1: little phenomenon that happens. Uh, it reminds me of just as a quick, another quick side. Did you ever read the story of um the fake zombies, like the multiple bands that were hired to play zombies music and they passed by in the United States? They passed because like nobody really knew what these bands looked like because there was just kind of like a, a getting across the ocean information about bands and like high res photos was really hard to so say oh look-alikes. yeah
0: yeah yeah i fucking no, love that that story. doesn't surprise me i've i've heard of that i think that went on like a decent amount mm-hmm. and sometimes it was even like was
1: it sanctioned uh it, i think like they did license i don't know if the zombies did it specifically but it was like the same guy managing bands across oceans was just like we can just hire these guys who kind of look like uh, like you know uh foppish white europeans we can hire them in the u.s and they can sing the songs passably. and then if somebody gets mad you know what did you pay you paid for half price for a ticket kind of thing you know
0: yeah that stuff is so cool like i miss the old like you know wives tale stuff like there was this band called Kla- klaatu like k-l-a-a-t-u uh-huh. and they came out and they, i think they were some kind of like you know scandinavian pop band but They had a song called, uh, what the fuck is it, Planetary, Calling Occupants of Interplanetary Craft. (laughs) And it got to be like a wives' tale or like a a urban legend that they they were like the Beatles operating under this name Klaatu. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You should listen to the song. It's weird. But like, I just miss that kind of stuff. Like, you know, like, you're like, Ozzy, you know, chopped up a Doberman on stage or something like that, you know? You know, I don't
1: know. Those are the good boy. old
0: days when Ozzy was chopping up the Sorry. <laughs>
1: Back in the day. Sorry. Sugge- I don't, condone, uh, uh, you used... know, yeah,
0: that never happened. Also, Ozzy never did that, but that was
1: a rumor. Uh, anyway. cover up your dog's ears real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, Um, all right. Our last question of the evening, the last one we got time for, sorry for pushing this so long is, uh, from niche who is actually a first time listener. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, no better time. This will be my first time listening to crossfade. So sorry if this has been asked to Says niche, Uh, What do you think is the best way of discovering new music? Spotify mixes and radio and YouTube seem to recommend a lot of the same artists over and over. I'm noticing the older I get, the harder it seems to find new artists. Um, We've gotten this question before. I feel like I've answered in a number of different ways, and I'll take this opportunity right off the top to recommend the Crossfade Community Picks playlist. We just added our 524th song with the nine song suggestions we got for this episode. 524 songs on that Spotify playlist right now. There's about 40 hours of music. It does span genres. Matt and I were talking about how there's a good sharing of uh, metal music. There's a lot of hip hop. There's a lot of rock. There's some stuff you've definitely heard because we asked for well-heard songs. There's some stuff that you've never heard because it's like people's best held secrets. Um, there's a lot of really great stuff in that uh, thing. And it also you know, gets you a little bit closer to the Min-Max community. There's a Discord channel for it. You know If you're already listening to this, uh, you might be a member of the Min-Max community. Pop around in there. That playlist is, is uh, public and free, and it's in the show notes. You can get to it anywhere. Um, that is my plug for the podcast, uh, though for the podcast, we're hardly making any more these days. Uh, but Mm -hmm. I will also always plug, um, there's a subreddit. The only subreddit I actually go to anymore, I really kind of dislike trolling Reddit, but the one that I still go to is called listen to this. I think I've talked about it here before. Uh, It's kind of like just basic music recommendations telling you broadly the year and the genre and the name, and you listen to it and determine if you like it. There's no like algorithmic input. It's not trying to determine what you like. So it's a good way to break out of what you've listened to before. Um, I like keep a steady beat on that. It's given me some of my favorite music of the last few years, especially since the pandemic set in in 2020. Um, and then Matt, I don't know if you know what Undercurrents Minneapolis is. Um,
0: oh yeah, I know those dudes. Yeah,
1: uh, see, I just yeah, I was just refer- yeah told the, told about them John Empty and those guys. Uh, I I don't know their names. I was literally just uh, told about them by by a friend who sent me like a video they did of a hundred Minneapolis bands basically me, hundred songs. From twenty twenty three by Minneapolis bands, um, and just like five seconds of each song, just in a roll. It's like, I don't know, an eight-minute video or something like that. Um it's crazy. I I love I love that. Like they have such great resources for finding um, you know, bands, excuse me, performances that are going on. There's just a Google Doc running of like every public performance that's going on at any venue, uh, no matter how small. Um there they really surface the the homegrown stuff from here in Minneapolis, St. Paul. I bring it up because I got to imagine that for other metropolitan areas, similar things exist. It has opened a whole new door to me for like finding stuff. That's not just playing at turf club or, uh, underground music venue or whatever, like actually finding the stuff that is homegrown, that is local, that is good, uh, you know, that that I may or may not like, but at least will open my horizons a little bit. And I've actually found some stuff that I quite like from, from that uh, set. So, um, you know,
0: look. Yeah. Those guys are crazy. They've been doing that for, I bet they've been doing that for 15 years. That's wild. Their, their archive on YouTube is insane. Like, is I mean, they, they, those guys have been out, I swear to God, like three, four nights a week for since like yeah. 2004 or I've, something. I mean, I've like, noticed Whatever. That
1: like it's wild. They're pretty active on Instagram and they post videos of shows. Um, and it's like, Oh, they're near the front row that I've probably been like, I've probably run into those folks uh, at shows because they just go everywhere and they seem to be front row wherever they are. They seem to be really dedicated to it. I, I loved finding I love that my friend sent me that stuff because um, anyway, to directly to answer the question, Nish, uh, I'll bet that wherever you're near, um, there's some kind of, you know, people really chugging away real passion project style to bring up to, you know, amplify. The music that's being made in your area or near your area, or if you live in the middle of absolute nowhere, the nearest area that you could have. Um, And I I can't clue you into how to find that kind of stuff, but it's there. You know, uh, there's, if you can train your Spotify algorithm, if it's primarily how you listen to music, train your Spotify algorithm with music like that Uh, and, you know, stuff that it's going to take more signals than it's poppy or it's rocky or it's hip hoppy because it's going to kind of serve you what's popular in that space as you've already found. Um, those are my recommendations is, uh, check out our playlist, uh, listen to this and, uh, whatever is bubbling under the surface of your town, of your area, um, is going to be really, really good for helping you break out of uh, old patterns and just getting the same recommendations over and over. Uh, Matt, I know you said that, uh, since we've gotten this question before, you might have emptied the tank on that, on your best tips. Well,
0: I mean, you know, one thing that's kind of bumming me out is like, I don't know, you know, when you're in the middle of things, you don't. It's just the way things are, mm. you know what I mean? And, and so like, I'm kind of a little bummed out by the decline of like useful Twitter, oh, um, yeah. which has been, you know, cause I'm a, I'm a real sicko, like dead ender on Twitter and like, oh, I'm, there I'm really not going there much anymore, which is kind of should be scary for them. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like I, like it's just, I, I didn't really realize that I'd kind of like over the years, especially with like underground rock and like, and, and some kind of underground folk stuff and hip hop stuff. I just, over the time, you know, you, I'd follow one weird rapper from Chicago and then he'd follow this guy from Portland and then I'd follow, you know what I mean? Like and he would retweet some other rapper and kind of like, I would just sort of like learn about stuff that way. Um, which now I don't know, you know, it definitely seems deader mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, I was thinking about this, Jason, like, you know, how even the development of CrossFit itself, yeah how dependent on Twitter of, of peak Twitter were we, you know what I mean? Yeah. When you really think about reaching out to people and how we met people and how we made connections with people, like it was a lot of Twitter, you know? So that's kind of a, I don't know, I mean, yeah. you know, era's come and go, but, um, the other thing I actually still find, like, if you can find. Like there still are really cool, um, independent labels. Um, and I find mm-hmm. them like, I swear to God, there's a label and Jason, I I'd probably recommend a few things like the tubs is on there. Um, uh, trouble in mind, mm-hmm. um, records, which I don't think they put out a bad record at least not one I've heard, Ooh. they just have this new one I was really into and a ton and in attendant Anna, uh, this French kind of like indie pop kind of cool mm. group. Um, in the like Griselda records, which is, I feel like they're a little past their peak now, but like the last 10 years, they've been great for hip hop stuff. And, um, and then, you know, like I do, there's still some blogs and, you know, I found a couple of Reddits here and there. Reddit, um, can be up and down. I don't know if I've ever been the one that you just were talking about, mm-hmm. um, but you know, you like, you find little, little niches on the internet, you know, but, um, I still do think sometimes there's a value in like, um, curators you know whether those are mm-hmm. record labels or like there's still a few people that do some cool stuff blogs or you know things so I try to like that but I guess I, I didn't realize like how much stuff I was getting from Twitter at the time until it's kind of like you know people start to leave or just not post as much you know what I mean and mm-hmm. uh and all you're you know, getting it's is a bummer but that's just how, how it goes you know yeah
1: all you're getting is squatty potty ads and other bullshit whatever is on t- i mean just insane fucking t-shirts that are like not cool yeah <laughs> yeah real but uh, anyway broken machine over there um but there it is, yeah there is hope and it's in a very human like matt was saying i think your best bet is going to be finding humans who uh will recommend who can um you may maybe like based on geography or genre or whatever like people who listen to music will always be better than whatever an algorithm can spit mm-hmm. out to you. I think For sure. there's, there's a lot For of sure. value in what Spotify has, has given me over the last few years, but I've, n- I've not liked anything Spotify has given me as much as the things that my friends, that other people that like blockers have recommended. It's just a very, very much a, a passion thing, you know? Um, So find what's in your area, yep. find what's in your niche. Uh, no, no pun intended niche. Find what's in your niche and, uh, and poke around. Uh, it'll, you know, something is shake loose. Uh, some new fruit will fall from the tree and the, the, the ship will be, will be righted once again, I'm sure. Um, but in the meantime, thank you so much for tuning into crossfade. I really appreciate you uh, listening, putting this in your ears. Uh, hopefully it's been a good listening experience so far. That's all we've got time for, for community questions. Uh, but like yeah. I said, the only other thing that we do on this show is we were asked for suggestions for songs to play as our outro. Um, I don't know how we've ducked uh, every algorithmic sensor on this since like the beginning of our show, but we've never been like called out for it. I love getting to do this every episode and asking what our community wants us to hear. Um there's a song by Samfa that uh, uh I, I should say not weirder who asked the very first question about um how we uh go back and how you go back and listen to older music that maybe seemed impenetrable at the time. Um suggested the song by Samfa. And you had some connection to the title of this song, man.
0: <laughs> yeah. Number one I really like this song. Um I didn't uh The artist is from uh, England, which I was surprised because it kind of, it felt like a lot of these kind of newer kind of like alternative R&B kind of jazzy artists, like from the more L.A. scene, you know, like Thundercat or Frank Ocean or Mm -hmm. Kamasi Washington. You know, like the vibe of it was kind of like that to me, um, which is uh, Terrence Martin or whatever. Um, But I like the song, Jonathan Jonathan L. Seagull, Jonathan Livingston Seagull. So this is some weird book from the 70s. I remember like reading it probably. I don't know how old I was, but my grandma must have bought it at the time. And it's sort of this <laughs> like spiritual allegory uh, for, for through the experiences of a seagull, Jonathan Livingston seagull. And he kind of becomes dissatisfied with his life as a seagull. So he, he becomes sort of obsessed with kind of flying higher and higher and higher up into the atmosphere and stuff. And then I think he's kind of like having these spiritual awakenings by flying so high and, and just focusing on flight. And the experience of flying. And then I think he's kind of like the other um, seagulls are kind of like, you know, you need to be fucking catching more fish, man. What are you doing? <laughs> like, this is just, you know, masturbatory flying or whatever. And so like, he's sort of like cast out. And then I think at a certain point he flies so high and becomes so spiritually enlightened, like as in seagull terms that he meets these other sort of like other like higher seagull. <laughs> I sound like a fucking insane person. <laughs> you really the more do. <laughs> I talk and like, I'm listening to myself and he meets these other like spiritually enlightened seagull beings that take him to like, I think this other like dimension or like higher atmosphere where like he learns like the ways of like the ultra tuned into like the universe kind of seagull ways. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I think at the end he's kind of become like a sort of like a, I think he goes back down to like the R realm and is sort of like a, a a like a seagull Yoda kind of
1: Oh okay. And he's like training to like train new.
0: Other, Yeah, kind of like he's like a seag- Jedi seagull that's sort of like trying, you know, teaching like <laughs> these seagulls the ways of flight and like spiritual. Anyway. Yeah, Jonathan <laughs> check out there this song. There it
1: is. Yeah. Um well, the lyrics would bear this out. This song by Sampha um on the same track, just running at a different pace. we we'll, have both dealt with loss and grief in separate ways. Listen to your heartbeat beat. I think I think there's a thematic connection here, if not an intentional. No, for one. sure,
0: for sure. I mean it's the title's very specific. I mean, you just don't you don't just invent Jonathan L. Siegel out of the, you know, <laughs> the clear blue sky. So who knows? Anyway, that's my story.
1: That's your story. Uh we'll play it over but our this outro. This was really yeah.
0: this was fun. Um, and thanks, Chris. And, you know, thanks thanks for listening and remembering the show. And I, you know, who knows? This is really fun tonight. Um, I think me and Jason would be lying if we knew where this was all going or whatever. But um, it's, it was really fun to do it. So it was.
1: And uh, I'd also be lying if I said I didn't want to do it. I uh, will. You know, there's a there's an appetite. We'll. Uh,
0: yeah, for sure. You'll
1: you'll know when we when we know. Um, but it was yep, really yep. great to come back and have another bash uh, for such a good cause too. thank you again. Chris cannot thank you enough for making this happen. Uh, you did make this happen. We're the ones talking, but you made this happen. Thanks so much. Um, I'll play the song of our outro if uh, if you want to give give the last plug, Matt.
0: Yeah, um, you know, obviously, if you uh, you like this this show and any other kind of great programming, please, uh, you know, go to patreon.com/slash/minmax m i n n m a x and support everything they're doing. Uh, you know, they made this possible, and obviously, the generosity of the community made this possible. So, um, thanks to all you, thanks to Chris, and um, we'll see you around.